Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This is my guest, Kayla Andrade. I know Kayla originally from the Ontario Landlord Watch. She runs a Facebook group that's pretty popular. I don't know. How many people do you have in there now? 2,800. 2800. So yeah, it's a pretty good uh, group of uh, investors. And it's very helpful for Ontario investors because there's lots of people that are having problems, putting their problems out. And there's lots of people who have went through the same thing so they can provide solutions. And there's actually a bunch of paralegals that are actually on the group as well that can, you know, give advice and stuff is what other things are that that group does? That's- yeah, well, it's, it, we have our landlords, property managers, realtors, and paralegals in the group. Uh, we come on, we help one another through the day-to-day operations, through managing their rental properties or helping landlords find even a rental property. But our biggest focus in the group is to advocate for change uh, with the Residential and Tenancy Act and the Landlord and Tenant Board and making investing uh, a lot easier than what it is today. So. Uh, we're making some great uh, leeway on on getting some change happening and meeting with elected officials and and candidates and getting the landlord's voices across. So, and the only way to do that is having power in numbers. Love it. So, Kayla, we're we're both actually we live like three blocks away from each other. We're both Cambridge investors. Um, I just came over there. <laughs> I know we we could have done the first one in the same room. I've, I've always done this on Skype or on uh, my phone recorder. But yeah, we could have okay, done let's this. Let's this. Let, I'll come over then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're both Cambridge investors. I know that I personally have my second most recent Cambridge property. It came with tenants. And it came with tenants that I didn't get to screen. You're, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, you're a multifamily investor, right? Yes. Yeah. So pretty much if you're buying a multifamily, you're com- it's, it's coming with tenants. I hope it wouldn't. <laughs> I know, I know, ideally. But it does. <laughs> but it does. No, ideally, when you're when you're going into looking at rental units in itself, sometimes tenants are there at the rental property, and if they're not, then you can still kind of get to view the rental property to see if they're keeping the place clean. Um, you can talk to the landlord to kind of say, you know, how are these tenants paying? Do they pay on time? Have there any been any type of issues? Now, same thing. He can probably give you the oh, everything is fine. Yeah, rent is great. You know, just this is why I'm selling it. They're not paying me. They're causing a disturbance. So there could be a lot of things that you can just kind of pick up on uh, when you're renting, going to view the rental property in itself. And if you do find that, you know, like I picked up a property in October and it came with three tenants and one guy is paying $600 for a two bedroom apartment. And I'm like, ugh, you know? Yeah, but you know, when it comes down to it, he did offer to pay more, but we wanted just to kind of see how the bills are, you know, see what was happening there. But right now my boiler is kicking on like every minute. So I actually have to, um, have to do major renovations to this property to put insulation into the walls just so I can have my, my gas bill a little bit lower than what it currently is. So ideally, you know, I do have to offer it back to him after the renovation um, is done. Um, but, you know, at that time, like, I, I can't even give him a time frame in which it is. But we would, 
even for the simple fact of having that offer given to him that we do need him to relocate, I can offer him another unit of ours. I can offer him another unit of one of my friends. You know, it's it's not leaving him kind of strapped without a home, but he's also there six times, six days out of the month. Wow, <laughs> so so thinking, yes, it's not too bad, but we, we do need to get that the cost down, the operating costs. It's all about the numbers, right? Yeah. And then you have to give it to him at the same price as he left it at, right? You can't move the rent up because we're in Ontario, right? <laughs> and, you know, it could be major renovations where, you know, if I can't prove it, maybe the board can allow me to now raise the rent above the guidelines. But then again, with us doing the work ourselves, it's not like we're getting contractors to come in and lickety split. We got this thing done in three months. My husband does work full time. So it's not to the point where it's going to be done really quickly. So I can't promise him that it's going to have that. That's why we do. We would probably time it where we have another unit available so we can offer him that unit in the meantime. Uh, and if he wants to stay there. So it's just about kind of having that cooperation with them just to kind of get it where it is just to save that little bit of money. What are some of the fears of get, of inheriting tenants? What, what's some possible downsides we could get? Uh, the downsides right away when you're inheriting a property is that it's going to be the amount of what the rent roll is, right? So, But that usually has your say in if you're going to buy the property or not because you want to know if the numbers are actually working. Number two, they could be going through a massive eviction process with the tenants of not paying rent. Or maybe the landlord to that property that you're buying never did a lot of maintenance in the building. And now as the new landlord takes over, the new tenant is going to be like, oh, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. It's like, well, okay, like, hold on. <laughs> and, yep. you know, you can have that part of it. Um, but ideally, it's, it's just about opening up a nice communication with the new tenants to say, hi, you know, I'm your landlord. Like, let me know. One of my tenants, they just came to my husband went there. And they're like, um, I just wanted to let you know, like it's been a happening for a while, uh, but I only have one burner. <laughs> My husband's like, you have to tell me those things. I can get you a stove. And she's, no, it's no biggie. I just, you know, I just wanted to just bring it to your attention. And my husband's like, I'm going to get you a stove. <laughs> so it's like, and they just know that their rent is so low that they're not trying to create waves. So they, they just want to just, they want to have low rent. And if they can just deal, deal with one burner, they're pretty happy with it. But in the overall, like taking on a new tenant, it could be, you know, something really good. But if you want to move into it yourself and there's a yearly uh, lease that's in place, that's when things can get pretty dicey as well. Or if you, you know, if you're working yourself into a corporation as, as an investor and you now want to take over that one unit just because it makes sense to live there and kind of work on whatever you need to do, obviously with the new new changes that are out there, we're not, uh, corporations are not allowed to do the N12 notice to, to kind of take that over. But ideally, it's just about building a relationship with the tenants that you have and just making sure that you know the, um, the Residential Tenancy Act and Landlord and Tenant Board and know when to to act with your tenants and just to make sure that you treat them with respect because they are your 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 clients. And then if, if you're, say, a seller of the property, it's probably better to let the, the leases expire so that they're month to month rather than renewing leases for selling the property? I would definitely say so. For me, I'm a very big believer in just doing month to month leases from the get go. Um, just because I feel that if a tenant is going to not want to be there for whatever financial reasons, if they're you know not happy with the place, we don't want someone in our units that are not happy there because they, they don't respect it very well. They don't, they're not going to respect the other tenants there. So as long as they give a 60 day notice before they leave, 
we are completely completely happy and content with it. But you do want to probably do month to month just so it's a lot easier. A lot of people give this gooey feeling that, you know, if it's a yearly lease, it's going to be, you know, hey, it's guaranteed income for the year. There's always ways for a tenant to break their lease. So it uh, might as well just cut the chaos now, be straight up with the tenant and say, listen, I'm month to month. I'm not going to guarantee you to be in here for a year. We just uh, really appreciate if you just give us a 60 day notice instead of uh, just doing a, you know, hey, I'm gone by next week. <laughs> yeah, I love the the 60 day notice thing, except that I've never got it from any tenant ever. <laughs> I usually get like one month's notice is usually what I am. And I go, okay, well now, I'm basically stuck. Like, it's like, oh, am I going to go to the landlord board because they didn't give me enough notice? They're going to be gone in 30 days or whatever they've given me anyway, right? There's not really, at least as far as I know, I, I don't have a recourse, do I? Um, especially when they're just giving you that, that, that quick 60 yeah. days and by the time they're gone, it's not worth it. By taking it to the board, they're, they're leaving. Ideally, the best way is just leave that open communication to them saying if there's ever a time that you want to leave, just please let me know. Just we can work it out where I can just give you some notice and to get the place uh, viewed by as many people as we possibly can. You work with me, I work with you and let's see what we can do together. And so sometimes that can work when someone needs to leave within 60 days. And ideally if they don't, you know, they don't use, they still have to pay because their last month's rent's still there. Um, you just be like, Hey, you know, if I can rent it out, I'll even give you back your last month's rent, right? So that kind of allows them to say, yeah, sure, come in here anytime you want to, to rent this out if you can rent it out within the month. So that way we can, you know, give them a parting gift of their last month's rent back. Yeah, that sounds great. That's what we just had. A, we just had a meeting with the Cambridge MPP regarding the housing issue and the, uh, the homelessness and residential intensity act, the overall treatment of landlords in Ontario. And I said, landlords are pulling out. Like they rather just sell it to a single family home and homeowner just to buy it. And they can then go and invest elsewhere just because the, the numbers make sense. Uh, the tenants make sense. The act makes sense. Everything just makes sense to kind of take our money and go elsewhere instead of having it invested in Ontario. Yeah. And anyone who has bought in the greater Toronto area or within an hour or two, or maybe even London, like they felt the boom. Like we've got a lot of appreciation in the last two years that it's, I, I basically was at a point where I wanted to refinance the property. And if the bank wasn't willing to do that, then I'm just going to sell it. And that, that it's cause I'm, We'll go, I'll go into my other thing, but basically the way I look at it, I may have talked about this in one of the other podcasts, but most people, like the way you really calculate your return on investment is how much money you put in, right? And then mm -hmm. what, what you're getting out every month and annualize it, right? But I, the way I look at it is I count the equity that's in there too. So with some of these properties that have appreciated a lot, so just to make like super simple math, I bought a property, say I bought a property for 200,000, it's now worth 300000 I would count my down payment, which would be like $40,000 plus the two hundred, or the, sorry, plus the $100,000 that I've made. And now my investment's not very good, right? Because it has so much equity in it. So what I want to do is strip the equity out to either, and I'm not like, you know, I always talk, preach the American stuff, but I will buy in Canada. I was talking with Matt Geertsen. St. Thomas sounds amazing. <laughs> but anyway, I uh, basically, I don't want to have a ton of equity in my properties. This is the way I look at it. And it's kind of um, like 
it's a, it's a way to protect yourself too at the same time because if we don't get this much in Canada but if someone wanted to sue you for the property if there's nothing in it or little in it there's nothing to take right so mm-hmm. I, I don't know and I, I just I don't I, if I have a lot of equity in there basically all I'm doing is saving myself a mortgage payment and our mortgage rates are ridiculously low like even compared to the states and that's our big advantage of Canada if it's so low, then I could take the money out and I can earn, buy another property with that money that earns far higher than the, whatever we get for mortgage rate, three and a half percent, you know? Yeah. I can, I can do way better than three per half percent. So Yeah. We do. We have a lot of landlords that not come to us and call us based on their issue, but they'll be like, hey, like, how is everybody, you know, getting all these properties? You know, I feel like I've had this one for so long and I'm going so slow. Like, what, what do you do? And I've paid in the place we keep paying this off and i'm like you know you got equity you got your equity you're starting to work with yeah. line of products sometimes you work into some some type of stuff of a commercial status commercial seems to be something completely different and the rules are, are completely different now get my knowledge on commercial not so much i actually want to as much as i like the rules of commercial yeah. uh to get myself into a commercial kind of just makes me a little nervous just because of the economy and what happens is you need a commercial business to kind of come into uh, your overall, you know, commercial property if you have that the business commercial there. But a lot of people are like looking for that tips. They just want to know like how are you doing it? Where are you investing? Like how? Yeah. And I think that's the best knowledge that you know can happen. And and my knowledge, even for when I was looking to speak with landlords regarding the water billing, I I would look everywhere to try to find you know, like-minded people that were like, hey, I want to talk to you about this stuff. And I went on YouTube and all I found was like some um, landlords in the States, but I couldn't find anything on Canadian. So uh, great job, Glenn, getting this on the go because you, you can be helping a lot of people with their investments and how, how to get into investment and how to grow their portfolio as well. Oh, thank you. But yeah, like the uh, that's the way I look at it is you don't want to keep a lot of money in the property. You refinance and, and like all these people are talking like, you know, the big thing is to buy property with zero percent down right which you can't but you can kind of do right and like if you do like a burst that strategy where you you buy it you rent or re- renovate it uh rent it refinance it and that's what i'm sort of looking at now too we're totally off topic from the tenants but no that i is- think i think it's based on us just talking about investments in which way because I, I do want to start to get into the burr type of way of investing for me it's i'm more of like uh, buy the property with your down payment that you saved up. Uh, yep. Pick up a property that it's it's giving you a nice type of cash flow. But then you're while you're doing that, you're building up the next down deposit, right? So yep. I got like all three of our properties or four of our properties now that the equity is all there still. So yep. we're looking at that big overall. Like, do we go bigger? Do we get a bigger uh, twelve units, twenty five units? Like, where do we see ourselves going? That I do prefer to have like duplexes, triplexes, sixplexes. I do like them because I, I like the type of tenants that we get in these type of units, yep. especially if the utilities are, are uh, separated. That is a bonus. And if you don't have a property and you're doing renovations to it, consider thinking about submetering because uh, hydro rates are, are increasing. I don't know if the city would do a uh, type of water submetering just because they prefer us to kind of keep it all inclusive now. Um, but definitely look into submetering when, it, when you possibly can because the, the way that uh, utilities are, if you can kind of separate that from the rent and keep the rent portion there, it's going to help you save more money in your pocket so you keep getting uh, more rentals and keep growing the portfolio and even possibly coming into uh, meeting up with a, 
a partner and, you know, joining a, a, a partner there. And then uh, to go with that, like uh, by getting as many of the utilities off of your books and onto the tenants books, even if it means that the rent's a little bit lower, it makes everything a little more predictable. Like every month you kind of know exactly what it's going to be. When I had the duplex, you basically, you knew that the, you'd have really good cheap months with, you know, I was paying the utilities that is for like the fall and the spring, right? Cause it was kind of mm -hmm. neutral weather, but in the winter it'd be very expensive because the running the furnace and everything else. And in the summer it was really expensive because all the tenants were bringing their own air conditioners and plugging them in the windows and I was getting the bill. So yeah. that's why, well, we sold the place, <laughs> but I would have, uh, I wanted the whole time to split the utilities, just like you're saying, because it's, it's nice to know how much money it's going to be every month. And that's why even like I've worked with uh, the city of Cambridge to make some of the properties, like I pay the uh, property taxes monthly instead of in uh, big chunks, right? Four times a year. Cause it just, if I can, you know, Hey, this is going to give me this much money every month. I, I just, I like that. It's, I like consistency. I like my properties in the States the same way. I like them to be a fluctuation of like $50 or so, but it's going to make the same every month. Right. And I, I'm going to put a CapEx fund so that if there is repairs, it's coming out of that fund and it's always the same amount of money. And I'm, funding with that money it's, it's just a plan right i like, like consistency because i want to leave my job eventually and i gotta be able to live off of this and if it's you know one month i'm making 700 bucks the next month i made 50 bucks that you can't live on that because you don't know what you're gonna get <laughs> no know. you're gonna be signing up for food bank just in case <laughs> yeah yeah i'll be having a big line of credit sitting there just in case <laughs> but that is uh, true like the utilities do really mean so much when you look at properties and that's what usually helps me when I pick my rental properties is, is if none of them all the utilities are separate you know it's okay I'll still look at it but I would prefer to at least have the hydro being separated um, because it is like they can have as, as many people living in your unit as much as they possibly can um, and there's nothing you can do about it at all like you can you can't really evict them out there because they moved all these people in uh, if you upset your tenant at any time especially the new ones if you just took over the property like there's nothing to stop them from leaving the heat on with the windows open the water constantly running um, and that bill is coming to you so you really have to really want to keep an eye on the utilities and sometimes you can get those um, what are they called nest the nest yep. meters uh, so it's all programmed in you can kind of control it just watch it though you're People are turning on the heat, want to come home to a you know a warm house, and you drop it down a little. It might be a little bit mad, and you know there could be some conflict coming on with those tenants. But you do really want to try to buy properties or even invest into submetering just to really make your investment really, really work for you. Because no matter what's happening, those rates are constantly increasing, and in Canada or definitely in Ontario, um, you're going to be doing 1.8% this year when the water rates have just increased way beyond that. So it's always nice to know what's coming in and what's flowing in and having control, but making sure that the tenants are being responsible for a vital service like that is more of the, that they're respecting it. Cause if they don't get the bill at it, why do they care? Right? Yeah. And there's a lot of things that went up. Like um, I had some mortgages renew and I was going from rates like around 2% to three and a half, which all of a sudden that means that like $150 of cash flow every month have just went to the ether, you know, 
Yeah, it's just gone <laughs> per property. So anyway, I don't and, know if and, you want to get into one of those rants. Be, and that's why like getting in and pulling out equity and doing possibly like the bird, like you always watch the banks now. It kind of gets a, gets me a little nervous, right? Because you don't want to be paying more now based on the interest. You want to get it on that principal when the rates are constantly increasing. And that's why we're kind of holding off right now. We want to yep. see what the market is doing because it is being very funky. It's, it's, it's dropping, people saying it's going to be picking up. So, you know, we don't really quite know, but every time the government puts their, their nose in there, something, it just gets so many investors a little bit nervous. And I think that's what's happening right now. They're just nervous and everyone's just holding off. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't know how long we've been talking. We probably got lots of time. You should be by this by now. <laughs> no, I'm not. Glenn, you want to come and do my Facebook Lives with this? <laughs> like, well, that's the other thing. I have to, to do it live, then I have to not talk like this. I have to be like pro and stuff like that. Like, I'm just wearing a t shirt. I, I dress down to do this. I, was, I did another podcast right before this with Cam, like at eight yeah. o'clock. I had one with him. And. I was in my dress clothes from work <laughs> and I had to take them off. I took them off to sit down and do this. And then I was interviewing uh, Luke uh, Boyron on Tuesday and he, he was the opposite. He put all these this dress clothes on like on camera. I'm like, this isn't formal. <laughs> like, <laughs> but whatever. I just put an extra la layer of makeup on. <laughs> well, look at the camera quality. I, I don't think it matters anyway. No one really can yeah. tell anything. <laughs> Let's do a little promotion for the conference and we'll start wrapping this down. Well, we're, it's, it's going to be big. I, I think it's, it's actually scary right now. So we have our Ontario Landlords Watch conference. It's coming up on October 21st, uh, which is a Sunday. It's going to be at 870 Townline Road, which is the Portuguese Club in Cambridge. It will be from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. After 6 p.m., we're going to be having a networking event where we're going to be op opening up the, the bar that's uh, on site and being able to network with each other afterwards because networking is a very important uh, part of the real estate investment business. Um, we have many guest speakers that are becoming. They're going to be talking about uh, many different things regarding investments, the type of investment that they get into, if it's buy and hold, uh, rent to own, if it's Airbnb. But when we talk about these types of uh, investments, we want to talk about issues within that investment, and we want to talk about a solution within that investment. Uh, because we're very big on advocating for the rent industry in itself and we will be having some uh, elected officials uh, candidates running in the election and we just got word today that the Minister of Housing is considering our invitation Ooh. so fingers crossed I was like do I mention it do I not like I know <laughs> I know when we put that we're meeting with Belinda on on the feed for a public page uh, 570 news contacted Belinda and was like, hey, I know you're meeting with Ontario Landlords Watch. Like, what's happening there? And I'm like, I didn't call them. <laughs> but I really, really hope that they will be at this conference. But it was really nice to have them email us back and say that they are considering the invitation. Um, and so that is going to be the every investor's chance to come and have this open discussion uh, with the panel, with our speakers, and with myself and Jen to, to voice their concerns about what they do, how they invest, what their issues are, and what their solutions are. And I think our group was created to give investors in Ontario a voice. And because of us communicating back and forth on Facebook, it was like, hey, you know, it wouldn't it be nice to just all of us meet face to face. 
and we held uh, we hosted our first one last year and we had members like running into each other's arms um meeting for the very first time they just helped each other so much through the uh, the portal that it was just amazing to see them connect. So, and uh, we're going to be able to provide a lunch. Uh, we're providing a late lunch for the members there from the Portuguese club is going to be catering it. We're probably hosted around like the three, four o'clock mark, because if we're opening up the bar, we still want to make sure people have food in their bellies. Yeah. Um, if not, you're going to go home and go, oh my God, I think I just bought a fiveplex last night, you know, and <laughs> we're going to have lawyers there, real estate agents there. So you never know what could potentially happen when, when you're drinking and talking real estate. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to have having some companies to give us some prizes as well. So that we're going to have like a, you know, some draws that we're going to have there for our members to have, because it's a celebration of what we've become come because we've been advocating for change and gathering landlords since 2010 uh so it's it's a really big accomplish to see and we have like over 190 people saying that they're interested right now on the the ontario landlords watch public event page uh so we're thinking okay if they bring a guest and oh man so we we have to watch how many people are there but they do have to uh, get their registration into us it's 65 dollars a ticket um, and they definitely get a couple of tickets to go towards the draws as well. So we're really excited to meet everybody again this year. Can we buy tickets already? Yes, people have been buying tickets. Okay. <laughs> I just don't go out there very much because I know that there's so many people that are going to want to come and there is going to be our companies that are that offer our discounts to our members. So they're going to be there. Uh, we're inviting our landlords associations from all, all over Ontario uh, to come on board as well because we feel it's very strong for, for investors to be part of something locally as well, not just something that just represents all of Ontario. Um, so they're going to be coming as well. So we want we have a hall that fits about 500 people. So we just want to make sure that we're we're accommodating. We're not turning anybody away, but they definitely cannot buy tickets at the door this year. Uh, last year, we were able to go ahead and um, let a few in because we prepared a little bit. But when the food is being catered, we really need to make sure that we have enough uh, food for to go around. I will be there. <laughs> I will be there. If anyone wants to, from the podcast wants to come and meet me too, I will be there. For people listening who are interested in this, they can go to Facebook and search for the Ontario Landlord Watch Group. How else can they get a hold of you, Kayla? So you can go onto the Ontario Landlords Watch public page. Um, that is where you can have a link. There's a link there for the group itself if you want to send the request that's there. Um, through the public page, there is an event there that you can say that you're interested. There's a lot of details that will be posted into that event. Uh, you can also email us at olwlandlords at gmail.com or go onto our website at ontariolandlordswatch.com and you'll see our conference uh, logo there right on top that you'd be able to get the registration form there. And if you have any questions, you can also give us a call at 226-972-0563. Thank you very much for your time, Kayla. I'm Thank sure we will talk again soon. Tomorrow. Yeah, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, maybe tomorrow. You can tell me right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have a good night. Thank you so much, Glenn. Take care. Thanks, Kayla. Bye. Bye.